0: Welcome to the Vince Del Monte podcast show, where each week we bring you the raw and real experiences, lessons, and timeless principles every man needs to master the five M's of manhood. By sharing conversations with the world's most successful people pursuing the five M's, you'll build muscle faster, achieve a winner's mindset, increase your money, dominate your mission, and go the distance with your marriage. My name is Vince Del Monte, entrepreneur, author, pro fitness model, and father. And I've helped tens of thousands of men transform their bodies and lives through muscle entrepreneurship and personal development. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Welcome back to the Vince Del Monte podcast and in today's episode we are looking at the third M of mastering the five M's of manhood and today this might be my favorite M. I don't know it's a tough one but it's definitely up there and that is money and today we are going to look at why we need to pursue money. And why we need to focus on not just maximizing it, but mastering it. Because as Tony Robbins says, if we don't master money, money will master us. And I'm going to share seven of the best financial moves you can make in your 20s. Because this is where everything started for me. And if you haven't made some of these moves, then no problem. You're just a little behind and... It's never too late to get started. So why do we need to pursue money? How is money going to make us a better man? How is it going to be, how is it going to be responsible for helping us become the best version of ourselves? I've got four simple reasons for you. And I want you to consider each one very seriously. And a lot of them are going to make a lot of sense. And we'll dive into just some practical examples too. So the first one is that money simply gives us choices. Two, money is what women are attracted to. And not because they're selfish or superficial or gold diggers. It's simply because that's the way God wired women. Women are wired for security. And uh, financial security is one of the most important things to a woman. So don't blame her. Blame God because that's how he wired them. (laughs) So a woman will always want to be with a man that has more money than less money. All right, and we just have to accept that. The third reason is that we're gonna be able to impact more people, and the fourth reason is something we'll come back to, and it's called generational wealth. As my two mentors, Craig, Valentine and Bedros Cooley and describe. All right, so let's talk about the first one a little more in depth and let's talk about the choices that money can give you because that's really all money does. It gives you choices, a lot of choices. And uh, I'll give you guys some practical examples as your host of the show. I want to ensure you guys know that I'm not a pretender and that you're learning from somebody who has become a uh, quite successful with managing money, making money. And uh, it's something I take uh, quite a bit of pride in uh, because, not because I was handed anything, but because I learned this. And this was all uh, something that I uh, primarily learned from books, to be honest, and being around the right people. And that's the coolest thing. So, you know, regardless of your upbringing, uh, regardless of your family tree or your bloodline or your lineage, if you, if you come from a, a history of, lack or debt or poverty or just small-time thinking and maybe money has just been a taboo subject matter in your family and you just are sick and tired of seeing people in your family struggle because of their limited beliefs around money and you want that to end, well, you're in a great spot because it can end with you and uh, the, the things moving forward in your life the trajectory of your life and your family's life can move in a whole new direction. And isn't that great? Isn't that refreshing news? It all starts with you. So for me, you know, some of the cool things that money has uh, uh, allowed me to do is one, I don't have an alarm clock. <laughs> That's one of the cool things that I don't have because I don't have a job. I work for myself. So I, I got rid of my alarm clock in my mid-20s. Two, I don't look at the prices when I go to nice restaurants, it's just one of those little things that I, I've always wanted to be able to do. And if I'm in a nice fancy steakhouse and I, and and the waiter's talking about this beautiful ribeye or wagyu or some famous cow that was massaged and fed special water and sung to, and this meat's supposed to be to, to die for, you know, I don't have to wonder if I can afford it. Those are kind of cute, cool little perks, right? Maybe you want to buy a home gym and you don't want to work out at your own gym. Maybe you want a home gym for filming purposes. Maybe you want to hire a pro bodybuilder or a coach that's just really expensive and you want to see what it's like to work with them. Maybe you want to go to more events or seminars or maybe you want to hire a particular coach to be your coach and you know that uh, they they don't charge uh, uh, an inexpensive penny. Maybe you want to move to one of the top 10 cities in the world. Maybe you want to move to Vancouver or San Diego or Toronto or Barcelona. You know, one of the guys that works for me lives in Barcelona a good percentage of the year. Maybe you want to switch up your environment and uh, go down to Florida in the winter times instead of staying where you live and maybe it's cold in the winters and you want to escape the winter. Maybe you want to bring your wife home from work. Uh, Maybe she... Doesn't uh, want the work, and she wants to embrace uh, mummyhood full time, and she wants to take care of the kids, and she just doesn't want that financial obligation to contribute because being a mom is, to be honest, way harder than what anybody else does. <laughs> and uh, we could, you could bring your mom, your your wife home from work. Maybe you want to hire a full time chef, or a driver, or a personal assistant. Maybe you want to donate more money to charity. Maybe you want to uh, get more involved with your church and help them expand to a new location. And these are all the cool things that money can do for you. I'm just going to give you a few more. Maybe your parent, parents are moving into a new home and you want to help upgrade their closet or their kitchen. And, you know, your parents are frugal and they don't want to splurge. But you're like, come on, mom and dad, you guys are in your 60s now. And, and you, just, you just pay the bill and you just kind of sneak it in there. And, and they're surprised when they move in and they can't believe it. But, hey, they're your parents, so you got to take care of them, right? Maybe you want to bring family members on trips, you want to travel more, you want to take a two week vacation, you want to go to Club Med in Punta Cana, but you, know, you, you want to also have some time with your spouse, so you know, bringing the kids might be a little stressful, maybe you want to bring a family member so that they can help watch the kids while you're there, so that you can go out for dinner at night while they, uh, you know, they put the kids down for bed and you can enjoy some extra time with your, with your spouse. Maybe you want to keep your kids in um, homeschool. Actually, you know, homeschool wouldn't be a good example. Maybe you want to put your kids in private school. And uh, these are some of the cool things that money does for us. Money just simply gives you choices. And if if choices are important to you, then you have to take this pursuit of making money and increasing your income, wealth creation, whatever you want to call it, very very seriously. And I've been um, able to benefit from. Uh, some different situations for example my parents while I didn't grow up wealthy you know we had a nice home uh, a modest home and we were able to take a vacation once a year and my parents you know always had vehicles and I know uh, money wasn't really a priority in their in their life it was something that uh, they earned uh, through their work and as uh, they were Christian leaders in full-time ministry and uh, they were uh, the way they made their money was by having people sponsor them and uh, donate to their to their cause. And I, I uh, you know, my parents did a great enough job to be able to provide for me and my three brothers uh, to the point where um, two great things that my parents were able to do for me. Uh, even though they didn't make like a lot of money, they made enough to do these two amazing things. And, and these were really huge stepping stones for me and my brothers. So one of the things my parents uh, offered me, uh, I'll just speak for myself for not, right now. Uh, when I was going through university, as uh, you might know, you get four four months off each summer and they said, hey, Vince, we will match whatever you make during the summertime. And that really, really inspired me because you know I realized that if I bust my butt with a job during the summer and they matched it, I would be able to graduate debt-free. And I thought that was a really cool gift, a great opportunity they gave me and I took advantage of it. And I'll talk about the different kinds of jobs I had in another podcast, but uh, you know I hustled every single summer so I could graduate debt-free. And that was awesome. A lot of my friends didn't have that. They graduated with a lot of debt. And some of them, heck, Five, 10 years later, they're still paying off debt from university. You know, when I graduated university at 22 years of age, when I started working, I had no debt to pay off. I just, everything I started making was mine. And that was such a, man, what a great place to start. Another cool thing was that my parents um, had saved enough to offer me $10,000 to do as I would like with it. And this was after university. It was a gift and, and they wanted us to use it for our wedding, but I asked um, if I could use that money to invest into a home. And uh, that was enough money to put a down payment down uh, for my very first home when I was 22 years of age. And that home turned into a rental property and some of the extra cash flow from that rental property allowed me to uh, r- drive, my, drive my first car. Which was pretty cool. And then I was able to I was able to flip that home after a few years and get this amazing check for my lawyer. I never seen so much money in my life in one check. It wasn't a crazy check, but for me it was like wow. And I saw the value of real estate. And that all came from the choices my parents made to be responsible with their money so that they were able to help their children. All right, and that kind of ties into the second thing we were, or sorry, the third thing we were talking about. When you focus on pursuing money, you're able to impact more people than just yourself, and that's the problem when we when we adopt this, uh, you know, just be content mindset, or hey, you're better off than those people in the third world country mindset. You know, that's middle class thinking, and that. Mindset is not acceptable because you're only going to be able to help yourself. And if you want to argue about this, you could almost make a case for this being a very selfish way to live. And people that just really, you know, I mean, there's a lot of you would look at them from, you know, you know, surface level and you would say, man, that's a really good person. But then you find out they're living paycheck to paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, and they live in paycheck to paycheck their entire life. You could argue that that's a selfish way to live because they're not taking care of anybody but themselves. And I'm not saying they're not contributing value in, in, in other areas of life or anything like that, but uh, it definitely isn't a place that you want to stay. And I think if you ask them if they had, if they had more, they'd want to be able to do more. The second thing, we jump to the third thing, was that women are always attracted to men with money. All right, it's just, again kind of touched on this but you know the way god wired women is that they desire security uh, they they desire financial security and they want to be able to you know always know there's enough in the bank account to pay the next couple months rent or mortgage and if the air conditioner breaks down they want to know that you can just write the bill they want to know that there's money there and that's just a normal a normal way a woman is wired and that is not something you hold against her all right if, if you want to get mad at anybody get mad at god because he's the one that wired them like that all right the fourth thing is i learned this one recently at my empire mastermind with craig ballantyne and betris coolian and they really inspired uh, us everyone a part of the group to pursue not just wealth but generational wealth I love that term, generational wealth. Isn't that powerful? And generational wealth is enough wealth that will impact not just your kids, but your kids' kids. And this is so, so powerful. And I I don't know um, what their exact definition or number, you know, quantification of generational wealth is, but one of the neat things that um, I have been able to watch is my grandpa's pursuit of, I guess what you would call it, maybe wealth. I don't know if it was wealth, but my my, my grandpa um, came from Italy when he was 27 years of age with nothing to his name, as uh, most immigrants do. He moved to Niagara Falls, uh, married my nonna, and uh, he started a construction business. And he went on to build a lot of buildings, hotels, and uh, to this day still owns a mausoleum, which is an upground cemetery, and this uh, uh, these different uh, sites. These different construction, uh, these different places of business have become uh, sources of employment for many people in my family. And and, uh, I don't know where I got the entrepreneur blood because there's nobody else in my family that uh, does what I do and i always think that it was him i'm pretty sure um you know watching what he built that was always fascinating to me seeing him create something of his own that has that went beyond just uh something that benefited him, but employed a lot of people and uh, buying these assets that create cash flow while he's not there. And that will continue to create cash flow when, when he's not around anymore. That was just really, really fascinating, fascinating to me. So I've always loved this idea of generational wealth and uh, kind of being like the godfather in your family. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Don't you want to be the godfather? I'm not saying that you do, you do hand me outs to everybody in your family, but wouldn't it be amazing to have the power and to be in the position to be the godfather where people in your family know that you could take care of them if you know something really hit the fan and uh, I've always been inspired to be that man for my family even though I've uh, told people my family this and they say oh you don't need to put that kind of pressure on yourself Uh, for some reason I like that pressure I feel like that's a responsibility that I, I would like to rise up to and maybe that's one that you want to step into as well. So why do we need to really pursue this? we talked about four reasons and um, the problem here is this you know getting rich making money is not taught in school. Uh, we learn stuff like math we learn stuff like English but no one teaches us how to make money like why don't they teach us how to make money in high school? Why don't they teach us how to make money in university? you know a lot of people also think that making money is for the super elite or gold diggers or rappers or CEOs or athletes, or as Grant Cardone calls them, the super sperm club. And none of that's true. You know, getting rich is possible for anyone and it is not a fantasy. And I don't know what you define rich by, whether it's six figures a year or seven figures a year or eight figures a year, but Whether it's any of those ranges, whether it's any of those numbers, it's absolutely possible. And what I've discovered from my research and from knowing a lot of people who are broke and knowing a lot of people who are absolutely killing it, people who are rich, that most people who are broke simply don't understand money and they don't even consider getting rich as an option. And they just kind of consider it a taboo topic. And I'm sure you've been in certain conversations with some friends that are discussing money. And, and sometimes when money comes up, you can kind of tell some people just kind of get uncomfortable. And it's likely just because of their upbringing and what they've been told about it and the beliefs they have around it. I want to, sh- I want to share some stats with you, some money facts. And uh, these are really kind of scary. And these money facts are out of Grant Cardone's book. Uh how to get super rich, and um, this, this, these. When I heard these facts, it just really reinforced and got me even more excited about having this pillar a part of the M five framework and being one of the things we're really going to talk a lot about. And one thing you'll know about me is I'm not uncomfortable talking about money. In fact, if we were to hang out and have a drink, uh, you'd likely find us talking about uh, money, business, things that have to do with you know wealth creation uh, more than anything else because it's just it's one of the things I really enjoy talking about. And uh, here's some scary stats. Did you know that 76% of Americans? This isn't this isn't the world. This is Americans. Isn't America supposed to be like one of the richest countries in the world? I I, I think it's supposed to be up there. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I, I know it's supposed to be a wealthy country. I think, but seventy six percent of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Fifty percent of Americans have no money for retirement. Forty percent of Americans don't have money for a family emergency. And this one really got me. Most people have more money saved before the age of 10 than after they graduate from college. Wow. If there's not a better time to talk about the subject matter than right now, then I don't know what is. So one of the things we need to start learning is money's personality. All right, what is money's personality? Well, let me tell you a few things that you need to know. Money doesn't have a God. It has no God. It listens to no one. It doesn't know your age. It doesn't know your sex. It doesn't know your color. And it could care less about your sob story. Money has no feelings whatsoever. And guess what? This is really, really good news. Because what it means is that anyone can play the game of money. And it has never been easier to make money than right now. Did you know that last year, 500,000 households in America became rich? And the definition of rich, according to this this, um, study here, was a million dollars per year. So 500,000 households crossed that million dollar year barrier. Barrier, milestone, whatever you want to call it. So that's, that's really good news. A lot of people these days, you know, you hear all the negative stuff in the news, right? I mean, my world, I mean, you come into my world, the guys I hang out with, I mean, guys are just like going to the next level. You know, guys are going over. I've got friends who make over, uh, you know, people are like, oh man, it'd be nice to make six figures, six figures a, a, a year. I have friends who make over six figures a day. I kid you not. Now, not net, but they're grossing over six figures a day. I have one friend who makes over $200,000 a day. He showed me his account. He has a he pulled it up and he showed me how much he has a little spreadsheet on his phone and he gets notified every hour about his company's revenue and they average $7 to $8,000 an hour. $7 to $8,000 an hour. So so when people start talking about uh, Oh, there's not a lot out there. It's tough. I'm like, oh man, like who are you hanging out with? You got to hang out with people that are killing it and that uh, are, aren't aren't in tune with that reality because that's going to expand your mindset. And we're going to get into um, we're going to get into the best financial moves you can make in your 20s. And I'm kind of uh, giving away one of them right now. So um, let's dive in. What kind of moves do you need to start making in your 20s? you know, just, uh, so, you know, the bulk of my audience are men between the ages of 25 and 35. And then the next big audience group is 35 to 45. So, you know, when I'm speaking, I'm kind of visualizing, you know, 25 to primarily 35 year old men listening. And then the other group there, about 10% of people that follow my work are women. So you'll, you'll, you'll hear me reference, um, you know, speak to men. Uh, that's who I'm visualizing as I'm, as I'm speaking here into this microphone by myself in my basement here. Uh, so let's dig in. So the first thing you got to make a move around is a decision. The first thing you need to do, the most important move you can make in your 20s is to decide. You need to decide. Have you decided if you're going to become rich or not? Have you decided how much money you're going to make a year? And that's the first step. It all starts with a decision. It all starts with a decision. I love this quote. First, you make your decisions, and then your decisions make you. I'll share another great quote from David Ramsey, who's one of my favorite authors, by the way. Your decisions from today forward will affect not only your life, but your entire legacy. How you're spending your time, your money, and your... Th- Sorry, he asked this as a question. How are you spending your time, your money, and your thought life? The groundwork you lay now will affect you and those around you well into the future. Your legacy starts now. And by the way, if you want a great, great book on money, I highly recommend his uh, book, The Legacy Journey. I've read it a couple times. It's a game changer. Strongly recommend you read it. The Legacy Journey by Dave Ramsey. So we have to decide. And when you decide, you know, this is something that you're going to have to share maybe with your spouse, and you're going to have to get on the same page. And it's okay to tell a couple people, hey, I'm going to become a millionaire by the age of 30. That was a decision I made in my mid-20s. I declared that I was going to become a millionaire. I was going to make over a million dollars gross by the age of 30 and i set out and did it and i did it at the age of 29 and it just started with a decision a lot of people don't make money cuz they just don't decide to make money and if you grew up in a home of debt poverty lack you know it might be you might have not you may have just like assumed that this is going to be your destiny and that's not true that is not true you can rewrite your family tree this can end with you All right, number two, we need to live below your means. I heard this amazing quote uh, when I was younger, and it goes like this. We often buy things that we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. Man, ain't that the truth? And I want to just share a story with you. And I um, learned this whole thing of living below your means by a mentor of mine. His name was Jeff Russo. You'll hear a lot about him as these podcasts as these podcasts roll on. And he just uh, really encouraged me to not spend money I didn't have. And one of the decisions, one of the pivotal decisions, I feel that I made when I was coming out of university and trying to figure out like where I should pursue a career. You know, one of the things I did was I decided to one live at home. You know, I didn't have money to go get my own apartment as much as I, I loved my independence as a, as a college student, you know, I had to live on my own because I was away from home. But when I came home, I'm like, I don't have the money to go live in a house or a condo. So I lived with my parents for the first year. I thought that was a wise financial decision. I didn't feel embarrassed about it because I was like, I don't have the money. And then when I moved um, to another place to work, I moved to Hamilton to work, I, um, you know, started, you know, meeting people who were moving out to Toronto, which is the big city. And obviously when you're in your mid-20s, you want to be where the action is. As a single guy, you want to be where all the ladies are. You want to go where the nightclubs are and the nice restaurants, and you don't want to miss out, right? (laughs) And, And you want to get it out of your system. By the way, you never get anything out of your system. You're actually putting it in your system and making those habits harder to break. That's a podcast for another day. But what happens is when you go to the big city, you don't live below your means, right? Because you've got to keep up with everybody else. And it's an expensive lifestyle. You know, one, your cost of living is higher. You're going to be eating out more. And, uh, when you're out and about, you're likely going to be spending more money on clothes and drinks. And it's just, it's, it's just tough, Even if you're really disciplined, you're not making it easy on yourself to save money when you're living in a city with tons of options, temptations, whatever you want to call them. So I chose to stay in Hamilton, Ontario, a blue collar city, and I stayed there for like seven, seven or eight years. And this one move allowed me to save money each month and put aside $1000 uh which I did over the course of a year to wh- to where I eventually invested into my next home uh, a home that I had for many years in Hamilton and I had my own bachelor pad it was an awesome home and I got all these you know it's obviously lots of perks living on your own and uh And my buddies always thought it was so cool that I had my own home. And, you know, they'd tell the girls, oh, yeah, Vince has got his own home. Yeah, we got to go. We'll go there before we go out. And, you know, had these awesome perks of uh, having my own place. And it was because of this habit that I I instilled of living below my means. I wouldn't have been able to buy my own home in Toronto. I just couldn't afford it. And even after, I don't want to go too deep on this, but even after... I got married, you know, I could afford a home in Toronto, but I didn't want to because I had financial goals of my own. I wanted to save a certain amount every year. And I knew this would just make it more challenging. So even after I got married, you know, Flavia and I are first our first stop was Toronto. We started looking there and we started looking at the prices and we just, you know, decided between both of us, Hey, you know, what happened It was funny. If people know Ontario, we started looking in Toronto and then we were looking in Oakville and then we were in Burlington and then we were right back where we started in Ancaster. (laughs) So, you know, we, uh, we just realized that, it was going to be a challenging thing to achieve our personal financial savings goals and our investment goals if we dramatically increased our cost of living. So we chose to live in Ancaster, Ontario and build a home there and we got, you know, a nice home and, but we were able to pay for pretty much all of it in cash and not carry a mortgage. And we were only able to do that because we decided to not go live it up and we, we, were able to, you know, not feel like we were missing out, not being where all the action was. Now, those decisions, why am I telling you all this? Because all those decisions eventually added up to the point where we now finally have moved to Toronto, but at the age of 37 and with two kids, and now we're able to get into this amazing home. And if I hadn't made some of those decisions, if I hadn't said no to Toronto in my 20s, In my early 30s, I wouldn't have been able to say yes to it now. And now it's actually really paying off being here. And it's funny, a lot of my friends that moved into the city in their 20s, they're all moving out, and I'm now moving in. And it's funny, because as we were moving into Toronto, a lot of people were saying, Oh, why do you want to move here? It's so expensive. Like, I'm like, well, because I saved in my twenties, I have money now to move here. I can afford it, and it's like people are, are surprised. It, it was it's it's such an awkward conversation. I don't want to just blurt out that, you know, obviously, I'm just like, um, yeah, because we saved, <laughs> we're we're able to afford it, you know, and um, it's just it's just kind of people do things backwards in life. But anyways, I uh, digress. Uh, coming back to, um, you know, our third point now. So we talked about making the decision. We talked about living below your means. then the next thing we need to do is, again, this is like, guys, this is fundamental stuff. So when I say this, don't laugh. All right. You need to adopt the envelope system. All right. So what's the envelope system? The envelope system is something I learned about from Dave Ramsey. And it's essentially understanding how to discipline yourself with a budget. And you guys know what a budget is? A budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. And if you can't pay cash, then it means you can't afford it. So what the envelope system forces you to do is pay for everything with cash. So when you get paid at the start of the month, you empty your account and you put your money into the different envelopes. So you might have your grocery envelope, your going out envelope or your date night envelope. You might have your supplement envelope, your utility envelope. Uh, whatever you might have your massage therapy envelope, and you're just gonna allocate the money to the different things that you have regular expenses for. And then when that money is, when all that money's gone, that money's gone. And that essentially forces you to take control of your financial situation and it requires a lot of discipline. Uh, you're not gonna just nail. It. it's kind of like starting a diet you know, you're like, oh man, shoot, I just can't eat everything I want anymore. I have to start saying no. So yeah, you're going to have like the equivalent of that hunger. You're going to like feeling like deprived because you're going to go into withdrawal because you're going to be used to having certain experiences that you're now saying no to where you'd always say, yeah, let's just go get food tonight on Friday night. You'd be like, shoot, it's the second week of the month and we're already out of all our money for eating out. I guess we can't eat out the rest of the month. And like, oh, okay, I guess we're cooking tonight. And So you're going to take on new habits, but these new habits are going to ultimately get get you to where you want to be at the end of the year. So you got to adopt the envelope system. This was actually how I paid my way, another way, uh, another technique that helped me pay my way through university. So when money was out, you know, if everyone went out on Friday night, I could go out, but I wasn't buying drinks unless somebody bought one for me. Does that make sense? So now we're not getting bullied around. We're taking control of our situation. And this is a very powerful, a very, very powerful thing that all wealthy people have learned early on. They've learned how to respect the budget. The next thing we need to learn how to sell. We need to learn how to sell, sell, sell. You want to know the only difference between rich people and poor people? It's just one thing. Rich people know how to sell. It's it. If you know how to sell, you'll always have money. And my selling began in, I believe it was high school. No, 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 university. After I went to university, I got a job as a Cutco salesman. That's right. I sold Cutco knives. And man, I still love my Cutco knives. And I went door to door to different people's homes doing uh, presentations in the summertime while I was working construction to make additional income. And uh, what I, what well, the big value here was, was that I was put on this commission structure, a uh, commission structure. So essentially, I got the opportunity to write my own paycheck. And selling is the most powerful skill set that you can develop. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about selling. But if you want to get a little jump start, I recommend you start listening to anything from Grant Cardone. Uh, his, one of his best books is Sell or Be Sold. It's a pretty big audio. Uh, I believe it's like 15 hours or something. I listen to this audio all the time. All right. Sell or be sold. And what you want to embrace is that every single conversation, every single thing in your life is a sales conversation. All right. And when you start learning how to sell, you're going to start getting your way. You're going to get your way. And if you're not getting your way, it's because you don't know how to sell. So, and then you learn how to take responsibility for what you have and what you don't have. And early on, I had all, a lot of experiences with selling. And it's weird because like there's no there's no salespeople in my family, like like you know the, the way you think of a salesman. Um, it was something I kind of discovered, and I uh, even got into multi-level marketing. I was into Amway. I was into Usana. I was into different multi-level marketing companies where again I was forced to go to people's homes and pitch. And it was either like them saying yes or, you know, me selling them or them selling me. And uh, when I got into the uh, fitness industry, I quickly realized that there was more opportunity selling gym memberships and personal training than actually fulfilling personal training. And this is when my uh, my birth of a salesman really took off. And this is where I became a closer, and I and I became a professional salesman, and I really embraced that. You know, I, I recognize that I'm not I'm not in the personal training business. I'm in the people business, and I'm in the sales business. And I uh, even got to a point where I was working on straight commission. I started off with a base, but my boss said, "Hey, I'll take away your base if." you are, way, if you're interested in working on this uh, pay structure, and it was a escalating uh, pay structure where the more I sold, the more commission I earned for that total amount I sold. And uh, it was incredible because I remember one one month that uh, I didn't have a great month. My boss, Murray, came into my office and, and he wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me, he wasn't yelling and he wasn't screaming, uh, but what he did is he sat down and he said to me, After he actually forgot to tell you this, you know, I told him I wanted to buy this new car. I wanted to buy an Acura RSX and he sat down and he told me, I don't think you're going to like your paycheck this month. And that was his way of just kind of urging me on and reminding me that, hey, you're in control of how much you make here. And that was such an amazing lesson uh, that I really took with me that if I wasn't happy with my paycheck, I mean, it wasn't my boss's job to, to uh, make me rich As you guys probably know, the definition of job is what? Just over broke. It's not your employer's job to make you rich. If you want to make money, that's your job. It's not your mom's job. It's not your dad's job. It's not your boss's job. It's your job. And there's an incredible quote by Tony Robbins. It goes like this. You're already a financial trader. You might not think of it in just this way, but if you work for a living, you're trading your time for money. Frankly, it's just about the worst trade you can make. Why? You can always get more money, but you can't get more time. And this was why selling Cutco knives, multi-level marketing, selling gym memberships, and selling personal training packages for commissions made so much sense to me because I can make so much more money by selling a bigger package. You know, if I was, if I sold a 12 session package, I'd make 5%. But if I could sell a 12 month package of 144 personal training sessions, I would make 20% on that. So in the same amount of time, I can make almost like 10 times more money. So, hmm, I wonder where I should put my time. I had to put my time into learning how to close bigger packages. And and when you start getting clarity on what your goals are, then you're going to start learning how to spend your time and you're going to be able to start writing your own paycheck. And that's when life starts getting really, really fun. All right, number five, you need to start your own business. Now, whether it's a brick and mortar business or an online business, uh, there's no right or wrong type of business, but it's got to be one that you're passionate about, that you have credibility around, and that will serve what I call a ravenous marketplace. So, whatever you're creating, there needs to be a lot of people that need the thing that you've got. All right. So, what we need to do, the whole why do we need to create an online business? Because you need an alternative stream of income. You will never get rich trading your time for money because you're going to hit a ceiling even like lawyers and even Beverly Hills plastic surgeons they're going to hit a cap all right you can only make so much all right even uh, even even certain uh, celebrities you know they can only make so much and a lot of them don't make their wealth from that thing they're trading their time for but what they're doing with their money and how they're making it work while they're not doing their skill or their job, if you will. All right. So we need to create a source of income that is creating money for us while we're while we're sleeping and while we're not working. All right. And this is the time in your life where you need to start taking risks, especially if you're in your twenties. This is the time in your life where you have to play offense. This is not the time in your life where you, where you play defense. You can play defense once you get when you turn 75. Then you can slow things down, and then you can be a little more cautious, and you can take it in slowly. But right now, you are going all out. You are attacking. All right? This is the time in your life where you are investing. You've got nothing to lose right now. All right? Wait till you have a family. Wait till you have a wife. Wait till you have kids. It's going to be harder to take those risks. I'm not saying you can't in those situations, but you're definitely going to have more to consider. So as a single guy, this is one you want to go all in. All right. If you're afraid to go all in now and you don't go all in now, you're not going to do it when you have other obligations and other people that you have to be responsible for because the risks may be too high and you may be too afraid to take that leap. So the best investment you can make right now is in yourself. And to invest into anything that can put money back in your bank account. All right? I, I never tell people to invest into things that are frivolous. You know, like shoes and clothing and trips to Las Vegas. Like, Las Vegas isn't going anywhere, guys. Europe's not going anywhere, guys. Oh, I got to go to Europe and experience Europe. Guys, Europe's not going anywhere. <laughs> You're Your opportunity to make money in your 20s, though, will disappear, all right? These days are a gift, and you need to embrace them, and you can't waste them. Society, like, has created, like, made it okay to waste your 20s, and then you got to get your crap together in your 30s. No, no. You can waste your high school days, but you can't waste your 20s, all right? Wasting your 20s is the biggest mistake. Oh, my goodness. It just makes me cringe. You need to be hustling in your 20s. This is your time to double down, go all in and make something of yourself and get something working for you. That way when you meet somebody a couple years later, you'll be in a position to provide for her, buy your guys a nice home, and and you're going to attract a much, you know, you're going to attract a beautiful girl, right? So uh, so that's, that's what you got to, you guys got to get your priorities straight. So, we got to start our own business and we got to invest in ourselves. We got to take some risks. So there's a couple in there. Let's move on to number 6. We've got to embrace a mindset. Now this this really kind of let me before let me put a caveat on this one. This one is really linked into my faith, but I think a lot of you guys regardless of your faith will will see a lot of truth in it. So we have to embrace that everything is on loan to you. Everything is on loan to you. You don't own anything. And I believe that God rewards people who are good stewards of their skills and their talents. And there's even a parable in the Bible that talks about uh, uh, Jesus blessing uh, somebody who he gifted gifts to uh, three different people. And and one of them uh, buried them in the sand. And then another one, he went out and multiplied his gifts and uh, when God asked for, or Jesus asked for a report, the, uh, the individual that took his skills and his talents and multiplied them, guess which one God blessed the most, that Jesus blessed the most? The person that took his skills and gifts and went out and multiplied. And, and this is so, so fascinating, right? So God wants to expand your territory. He wants to give you a life of abundance, He wants to bless you beyond measure. He wants you to experience the good life. Those aren't things he holds back from you. The people that aren't experiencing those things just aren't using the things that God has loaned them responsibly. Think about it. If I was loaning you money and I gave you the money and you squandered it and you buried it in the sand and you didn't do anything with it. You think I'd want to give you more money? No. But if I gave you money and you invested it into a coach and then that you took um, that coach's coaching and you applied it and you created something and then and then you created a business and you started employing people and then your product that you created started serving people and helping people, do you think I'd want to give you more money to maybe go out and create a new business or to expand that business? Yeah. I'm giving you more And this is why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I know this might be, this could be taken out of context, but I think you get my point. What I'm saying is that God blesses people that recognize that everything they have is on loan to them. And they don't actually, you don't own your car. You don't own your home. You don't own your business. You don't own anything. Everything you have is a gift. And when you recognize that everything is a gift, then you want to, do something with those gifts you're not just gonna leave them you want to unpack them you wanna and then you want to reshare them with others and I really really have seen this like you know you this sounds cool Vince but like yeah, this is real though this isn't cool this is like legit so remember everything is on loan to you and if you're not being responsible with the little that you've been given, he's not going to give you more to become responsible with. So start becoming responsible. If like you're complaining right now that you don't have a lot, well start becoming responsible for the little that you do have and, and he might say, okay, like why should I, <laughs> sorry guys, I could go on this route for a while. I'm ranting now, but you see what I'm trying to say, right? Become responsible with a little and you might Be loaned a little bit more. Everything is his. And he's only going to award people that are managing his stuff responsibly. All right, last one here. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, We've got to choose your friends wisely. You've got to hang out with successful men. You've got to hang out with people that are going to expand your mindset. Anthony Robbins says this people who succeed at the highest level are not lucky. They're doing something differently than everyone else. Warren Buffett says this, tell me who your heroes are and I'll tell you who you'll turn out to be. And you guys have probably all heard this one, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So we need to choose our friends wisely. If all your friends are broke, good chance you're gonna be broke and stay broke. If all your friends are growth oriented, they're responsible with their money, they're investing into coaches, into masterminds, into businesses, into their own personal development, they're taking risks, they're educating themselves, they're into real estate, they're they're they've got smart accountants and they're just focusing on creating value for the world and they're focused on serving other people and learning from people that are further ahead of them. You have no other option but to fall into their path and to fall and to follow suit. All right, you're going to quickly see, oh, all these people make money, and this is all the same steps they've taken. You're going to quickly see, if you truly want to go down that path, you simply need to follow in their footsteps. It's really simple. So hang out with successful people and watch what they do. You're going to notice a lot of interesting trends. You're going to find that they're generous, not like the media portrays them. Rich people are more generous than anybody else. And they, they're, they're often rich because they're some of the most generous people in the world. And, and they get what they want because they've created so much reciprocity and so much value in other people's lives that people just want to, they just want to uh, give back to them. I'll give you a quick story here and I'll just wrap this up. But uh, I've got a friend, uh, one of the most generous guys in the world, and he's just very, very wealthy. And he's younger than me. Very, very wealthy. And uh, he he takes his friends on vacations. And, uh, you know, he'll text us and he'll say, hey, we're going to uh, Puerto Rico or hey, we're going to North Carolina. Um, Your family, their family, their family. And he'll send a text message and he'll say the whopping price, dollar sign, 0.00. And he'll put LOL. Like, you know, it's like, hey, just just fly, get your butt out there, you know, get a ticket, fly there. The rest is on me. And um, this individual... Has just been extremely generous over the years, and uh, you know, recently um, he just announced announced an event he's having, and he's charging uh, he's charging twenty five thousand dollars for two days. And this individual has got over sixty people going to his event. Now I, I'll let you guys do the math. Um, you know what? I think it's let's do the math together. So sixty people paying twenty five thousand dollars. He's making a million and a half dollars in two days. And, you know, a lot of the people going are just, you know, we know we're going to get our money's worth plus way more. But a lot of us are just like indebted to this guy because he's done so much for us. He's such a generous guy. He's given so much over the years that when he sent an email out, it probably took him, I would say, 90 minutes tops to write this email and then within a few weeks of following up with a number of people, he had over 60 people sixty people committed to giving him $25,000 each for a two-day event that he's going to be teaching. Uh, he's going to be teaching content that's his passion, his expertise, and that he could talk about all day long. And it's all because he's a super generous guy. And when you start hanging out with successful people, you'll start seeing these commonalities And you're going to start seeing, ah, interesting. Maybe I need to start becoming more generous. And I need to start sharing more. And I need to start giving more. And then all of a sudden you start creating these awesome relationships with really good people who have the same mindset. And now you're not hanging out with all these people that are like scarcity mindset. You know, scarcity minded. And keeping their cards close to their chests i could go on for a while here, but I think I'm going to wrap up. But, you know, one of the reasons that I'm so, you know, into the world that I'm into is because, you know, this online world, because the guys that I hang out with are so, so amazing. Like if you meet these guys, and you probably know some of them, they're just really good people, and they want to help you, and they want to see you succeed. As opposed to when I was in the fitness industry, or not in the fitness industry, when I was competing and I was going to like you know going down to the arnold classic and the mr olympia and meeting all these you know popular instagram faces and other competitive um fitness models and bodybuilders the energy was just so like weird and all these nobody was like in this growth and sharing and wanting to help others mindset other uh, help other mindset people were just really like close close everybody thought that uh you know, someone was going to try and screw them over or they thought they were like God's gift to the world and like, you know, you were doing, they were doing you a favor. And I just had this really bad vibe and I could really tell that this lack of abundance was really uh, powerful amongst this, this, this circle of people. And it's one of the reasons I just, I, I, I kind of disconnected from that world. I just didn't find it to be a really, I'm not saying everybody in that world, but a lot of the people, it was just a really weird environment. So anyways, I'm just going to leave it at that. And uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for your time. I hope you're excited uh, with where we're going here with the Vince Damone podcast. And uh, this was our pillar episode, just laying down the importance of money. And uh I look forward to digging into a lot of these other topics. Uh, Be sure to reach out to me on Instagram. You can DM me and you can just uh, say, hey Vinny, I'd love to hear you talk on this subject matter or if there's a certain guest you want me to bring on and you want us to go deep on anything related to um, any of the topics, obviously any of the 5Ms, but in money particular, your feedback uh, is going to help us make this podcast as relevant and and as um, impactful for you as possible. As possible. All right, guys, you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to doing this with you very soon again in the near future. Thank you so much for listening to the Vince Del Monte podcast show. Now, how would you like to enter our podcast launch giveaway contests? To celebrate the release of my brand new podcast, I can't think of a better way than a killer giveaway contest with amazing prizes. So I sat down and I think I've come up with a pretty wicked prize pack that consists of five different prizes, all worth anywhere from $250 to $500 in real value. Each one is amazing in its own right, and I know you're going to love each prize I've put together here. To enter the contest, you have to follow three simple steps that will make you eligible for the gifts. I'll be picking the five winners on November 26. Here's how to enter. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Two, give the show an honest rating. A five would be nice, but I'll leave my fate in your hands. And three, leave a review on iTunes. It can be a sentence or a paragraph, whatever feels right to you. After you do the above three steps, take a screenshot of your review and send it to personal at vincdelmontifitness.com and leave your Instagram handle so we can email you and send you a DM if you want a prize. Sometimes email is not always reliable. Why the contest? Well, the M5 mission is here to stay. Men need this, and we want to explode strong onto the podcast scene. And reviews, ratings, and subscriptions are a few of the big things iTunes looks at when deciding what podcast it features. So yes, your review matters and will help big time. Here's what you can win and you must do all three things or you won't qualify for the prizes. Now the contest runs from now until November 26th so make sure you get your entry in right after I announce these prizes. Prize number one. Blue Star Supplement Bundle. These are the supplements I've been using for over eight years, and I'm going to hook you up with three of my favorite products. Status, their natural test booster, PPK, their killer pre-workout, and GH Peak, their amazing sleep enhancer. Prize Bundle 2. Bio-Optimizer Supplement Bundle, consisting of three of my favorite products that I personally use, Massimes, P3OM, and HCL. All three of these products are designed to enhance your digestion, your absorption, muscle growth, and recovery. Third prize bundle, the Ultimate Vince Del Monte Program Bundle, which consists of four of my newest and best-selling programs, the 30-Day Metabolic Reboot, No Nonsense Muscle Building 2.0, No Nonsense Fat Loss 2.0, and Mass Mechanics. Between all these programs, you will have the ultimate transformation, and this is all my best work in one spot. The fourth prize bundle is a 12-month subscription to Maximize Your Muscle 2.0. This is my physical newsletter, which consists of a monthly featured workout as well as M5 Mentoring, and this will be shipped to your front door every month for the next 12 months. And finally, the fifth prize bundle is M5 Apparel, my brand new clothing line. Can you believe it? I'm so excited. And I'm going to fit you up with shorts, t-shirts, pants, and a hat. This is a fine lineup. You're going to be rocking. You're going to absolutely love the gear. And I want to get it on you first. Each prize package ranges from $250 to $500 in real-world value, and the contest ends November 26th, so get your review in right away, and good luck. Have a great day.